Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, one to preserve this sport for our kids. Bringing the stories of the normal guy on small parcels and how he gets it done. Are you just a weekend warrior? You stuck with limited time to hunt and limited time to prep just like us? Are you trying to figure out how to hunt with kids, work, and families? Then this is a podcast for you. Podcast coming at you. Episode 11. It's actually warm outside, so I'm not in here shivering. In the studio, it's like 48 degrees outside. Homie's in a t-shirt out here. Normally, normally he's got full scuba wetsuit on. <laughs> it's so cold out here, but we got we got a special guest tonight. Um, Ingram's in the house, but we're going to kick it to homie. He's going to do our VIP shout-out. Yeah, we got the VIP shout-out this week. Uh, it's Adam Cross, and uh, he's he's active Marines right now, and your, your buddy's with him? Well, uh, Holly Voss, um, which would be... Your cousin, I believe, she told me to shout you out. We uh, we appreciate what you do for us, so we can podcast and uh, be praying that you guys are safe over there and kick some ass. Is, is he deployed right now? Yeah, I think he's active. She said he's active. So, so we do have some some military guys in Japan. I think listening to us. We have we are international. We are international. So. That's a big moment for us. I was say we've been international for two weeks, oh. and and we had some we had some pop up in France and Japan. So I was like, well, who the hell's listening in Japan? And so I just kind of been simmering on it for a couple of days, and I was like, you know, 
I really hope it's some military yeah. personnel over there so listening to it, and because that would be badass. Yeah. I'd be pumped up about that. If you're the guy listening to us from Japan, Facebook us, email us something, let us know who you are, because that's pretty sweet. We had some Canada, too, but that's not international. Right. Japan, France, we're getting we're getting out that's there. Over there. Yeah, that's over there. That's over there. So if you do want to email us, go ahead and email us at whitetail underscore legacy at Yahoo. And uh, we'll check that out if you got anything that we want to cover. Uh, we'll we'll check that out. We'll cover it for you. Also, if you're listening on iTunes, go ahead and leave us a review. We appreciate it. And if you're within the first 25 reviews, you can get yourself a free Whitetail Legacy podcast sticker. Yeah, they're sweet. I just put one on the old lady's car. She was like, what are you doing? I'm like, repping, repping, man. She's <laughs> like... What did you do? You think I want that on your car? I was like, I pay for this. <laughs> you got a rep for me at least. So she's got the sticker on there. So I put her tag sticker, license sticker, and the VIP or the podcast sticker. I got two VIP stickers, one to give you. Oh yeah. Inside. And I just put one on the hard hat. So I, th- I think I'm gonna get me hat. a VIP trucker hat. Oh yeah, those are nice. That's what I think I'm gonna get Very right nice. there. All right, well, we're gonna move right in. Um, past that <laughs> all right chris we got you in here we appreciate you coming i know it was a long drive from oneida <laughs> so uh right off the bat um what what made you get into taxidermist you know this is i didn't i didn't pre-question this with you but I, this just came up so i just kind of want to know well i started uh cleaning skulls for friends and i did it the boiling method and kind of evolved into that and just kept doing it and thought you know, I just wanted to get into shoulder mounts, so we started doing that, and uh, job closed up and worked in the cities, and it closed, so I thought, now's the time to go to school, and I took off from there. Heck yeah. Where'd you go to school at? Uh, Kindred Spirits. Yeah, I'm glad you did, man, because your work is get, getting outstanding. I've seen it progress over the first, first couple of years, and it's getting killer, so you you tan your own, or you, you, you do your own tanning at the shop, mm-hmm. so... What's some pros and cons to people out there that have a taxidermist that sends off their tans instead of doing them in shop? Uh, some of the pros to sending them out or tanning yourself, I guess. When I sending them out, I was they're doing it a, like a production run. So they're doing thousands of capes at a time, and they've got to get them done and real quick. So I was getting capes back that were missing whiskers and a lot of detail and more holes in them than I had in them, you know. So... We started doing it in-house and trying it and fine-tuning it and got it really where we wanted it. Um, one of the big things is time. You have to put a lot of time into it. Uh, but I get to treat each cape, you know, customly. Yeah. Each cape sweet. I can spend as much time on it as it needs and, and make it right. Yeah. So, I mean, it does – so it takes a little bit more time to tan it to yourself, but the detailed work that you're getting back. Chris just mounted a buck for me that I shot, and uh, – it's going to be the best mount I got detail-wise. He took a lot of extra work on it. He tanned it himself, and I got one that's tanned in a factory like he's talking about. It just it looks like a pup deer. It ain't got no whiskers or nothing. <laughs> it looks like a yearling with a 150s rack on it. But this the buck he's got, it's, I mean, it's, it's got all the whiskers, the nose, and the eyes, and it looks, it looks awesome. Have you, have you seen, were you talking about with me, where they put, like, the dew and stuff on the whiskers? Have you seen that at mm-hmm. all? I think yep. that's kind of cool. Like, wow, that's next level. Yeah, when they're like, like they come in like steaming, you know, they put like the dew on the whiskers and stuff. Yep. Give, give that little, uh, little extra touch. But well, I I go up to the garage and hang out with you sometimes, and sometimes stuff something you said to me that kind of made me not want to get in a taxidermist is uh, 
kind of go over the struggles of being a taxidermist and having time to hunt. <laughs> yeah. So this for this is the first year that was surreal for me. Um, I always said I was going to make time, but the the true answer is there isn't any um, to keep up with what you need to keep up with. I think I bow hunted twice this year, but uh, it's been a good trade off for me. I have found uh, what what excites me about it is meeting new people and hearing their stories and getting to hear their hunt, and I kind of get to live that through them and. It's been a good trade off. It's went it's went smooth for me, so no regrets. Yeah, I like I like calling you. I'm like, how many deer come in today? You know, and you'll be like six. I'm like, man, the big bucks are really moving. You know, so yeah. I think it'd be cool if we could get you on before season and you could like bring your book in. You know, where everybody's taking. You're like, well, six bucks was shot on November fifth, and then we could look up the weather and be like, well, what was going on November fifth in our area? You know, where that many big bucks were shot. You know, or was it a Saturday? Everybody was out hunting or you know, something nice like that—that'd be pretty sweet. That would be a good. It could have been a rainy day, you know. And yeah, you know. yeah. I, I, if you if you say you're hunting on a rainy day, this podcast is just gonna turn off. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> like 500 inches dropped on rainy days yeah. this year. It's just insane. So. Oh man. Yeah, it, I couldn't. I, I I love the idea of taxidermy deer just because I love the animal, and a lot of people that you know are animal lovers or something they don't understand that we love the animal, but we want to harvest them too. But just just the the beauty of an awesome mount that's in your house, you know, or your garage for the rest of your your life is just so cool. Your kids can see it. You can show your buddies. And you, like, every time I see my buck, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I get to relive that, that, that story over and over. Because I told Chris, I said, you know, I like to mount them how I shot them. You know, if they're turned left or turned right or, you know, whatever head down head up and then i get to look at that buck and that that's exactly what he looked like when i shot him and that's when you get a really good mount you know that you can tell they put a lot of work into and it's high quality you just you're like man i better go grab the bow this thing's about to come out the wall <laughs> <laughs> so so uh that, would, that being a taxidermist that would just kill me dude i'd be like oh here comes another 160 here come, I mean, i'm like man i should be out there they're going crazy but when you get those bucks, I mean, you only got a couple days, right, to, to cape them out and stuff. So, yep, yep. Man. But one thing I think I, w- I would really love is just seeing all different types of deer, white horn, dark horn, yeah. trash, no trash, young deer, old deer. Just go up and look on his just, garage, in his garage, Yeah, dude. so, I mean, when, yeah. I, when I'm taking my deer to the taxidermist, he's just got, like, this pile of racks yeah. in the middle of his little shop there. <laughs> And so, you know, I'm just trying to go in there and, you know, check my deer in and pick out the mold I want and whatever. And You want to pick up every one? Dude, I want, I want to go through that whole pile. Yeah, I do that today. I'm like, man, look at this one. He's like, yeah, that's European. I'm like, what? <laughs> the, the biggest deer in here is like they're all European mounts. But you do an awesome job on European mounts. We'll touch that a little later. But, I mean, maybe just your quality is driving people to do that or the cost. But, I mean, that one dark horn what is a 12 pointer that you got in yep. there man that thing is just a beauty and it's a european i just makes me sad but everybody's got their own own thing maybe you don't have the space or something like that but. Had, a, had a buddy on facebook today from missouri and he was boiling his head and uh it's, it was from the rifle hunt and it's like 150 155 just i mean really really good deer and he, he's in a euro mounted i said you're crazy yeah <laughs> He said, well, it's got to be a 180 or a bow kill for me to shoulder mount it. Oh, man. I was like, well, I mean, the season's over. You're not going to kill any more deer this year, so, you know. Yeah, my wife goes, how many how many shoulder mounts are you going to do? I said, 
everything over 140 for the rest of my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's like, man, this is going to get expensive. The studio is going to be full pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, I know. We're going to have to expand in here. But uh, we did do some work. We got we got a third mic. If you guys are hearing some better quality, we're trying to get better for you. We did a little bit more uh, sound sound dampening. We put some carpet in. We're not on the concrete floor, so hopefully that works with the sound. Maybe and that's why it's so warm in here. It's, it's nice in here, <laughs> It's nice. So uh, let's get into uh, the importance of a quality taxidermy because I know you've talked to me about the dry preserve. That's something I kind of understand, but I wanted to touch base with you more on that. So I'm sure there's pros and cons to it, but a person needs to know if this is a dry preserve taxidermist, what he's going to get. So go sure. ahead. Uh, dry preserve is not something I ever dabbled with, but I know what it is. And uh, basically, you're taking the moisture from the hide and, and you're and you're mounting it and you're letting it dry uh if that mount stays dry that, it's okay but you're not going to get the the longevity out of it you're not going to get the stretch out of it um with tanning you can ultimately get a deer it's going to come in 20 inch neck it's going to leave with at least that if not better with some of the tanning methods out there today a dry preserve you're going to come in with a 19 inch neck and you're going to leave with a 17 inch neck i mean you're no stretch at all i wonder um, if that's uh i wonder if that's how Oh, Johnny C's buck is he shot a she he shot a buck real nice buck it's probably high one thirties with a muzzleloader and he showed me some pictures of it live you know and uh, and it looked you know like a big deer and he got it back and it looked like it had a doe neck and he would he's like come in and check this mount out he's like I'm this first time I use this guy and I'm not real sure about it and I go I said it looks awesome but I said the neck looks kind of different you know and I was just kind of being nice because he's an awesome guy and. And uh, hopefully we got have him on the podcast. He's got like a one seventies with a with a shotgun. So, but anyways, he goes, yeah, I was worried about that. So maybe that's what it was. Maybe he does dry preserve, and it shrunk that neck a few inches. And, mm-hmm. and dry preserve is still actively used in taxidermy uh, with ma- like small mammals. Uh, a lot of people use it on turkeys still. So it's still out there. I think the old timers would tell me I'm wrong, and it's the only way to go. But we get that a lot of work. Tan, tan, <laughs> tanning has came a long ways, very long ways. Yeah, that's something that I'm excited to learn, and I'm gonna have you tan some stuff for me. And got a mink, I'm gonna get a mink mink hide in here. And Chris, we also talked about our the coyote we got going on. Chris is actually doing my coyote, so pretty excited about that. And so dry preserve, I'm still kind of don't understand what it is, but yeah, I mean, I, is it just a different form of tanning yeah. or no? It's uh, preserving the hide. It's a powder. It's basically a preserved powder. Uh, you oh. you flush it. You get as much meat off as you can. You put this powder on it, and you got to mount that before it gets dry. Wow. Before it dries. So. How do you work like the shrinkage rate on that for putting? Uh, yeah, yeah because I can see. I can see it in mounts. I can see it from. Can you, you can walk 20 feet away, like, I can see it. That is one thing I've learned going in his shop. He's taught me more about deer anatomy, and 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 he's like, well, look at, like, I walk up to this mount, and he told me right off the bat, hunters look from the antlers up, you know, and he's like, well, look at this, and look at this, and I'm like, man, this, yeah, I can, I can see stuff now that you're pointing it out. So, so you were you saying that you can spot a dry preserve mount over a, a tan mount? Absolutely. Okay. Not just the size of the, of the neck and then how it's going to be when it's mounted. Mm, just the you, color. Yep. So you can actually just spot it right off the get-go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, this he, he he can spot stuff on deer. He's He'll actually like he'll be like, oh, that's a sweet picture, and he'll save it to his phone for reference, you know, to look at and be like, 
you know, just to get the anatomy of, because like I was saying, you want that deer to look alive. You know, you don't want it to look like a mouse. You want it to look, you know, like it, it, the muscles are alive, you know, like when you shot it to relive that, that experience. Yeah, my, speaking of saving every picture I see, my wife, Kendra, she gave me a hard time. I've got, you know, 340 pictures of the kids and 1,400 pictures of deer. <laughs> but anytime I'm Facebooking or anywhere, just on the internet, and I see a picture, I screenshot it and save it. And I'm always looking through, you know, Facebook and other taxidermists and liking them and just I see a picture and I save it. And uh, one thing I'm working on in the garage is putting a wall up and just putting all these pictures up. Oh, that'd be and Just kind of training the eye, constantly looking at that and yeah, just getting be better. Cool. That'd be cool just to look at, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I see pictures of deer all the time, and if I was doing taxidermy, I'd probably be doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So he don't, he looks at the rack, but then he's like, he's like, oh, man, look at this throat patch. And so I'm like, man, I don't. But as, ever since I started hanging out with him, I started looking at more and more, you know, and then he'll be like, well, look at this mount. I'm like, yeah, I really like this, you know. And before, I was just like, oh, it's a sweet mount, you know. got I shot it, and you know, but it's there's there's a lot more to it. When, when you really get into the anatomy and the digging into them, you know? It's probably something that you just don't think about until you're actually involved in it and you really learn something about it. Just like probably you with your job, just you listening. You, you know, a lot of people probably don't know a lot about it, but once, if they were to get a job at your company and they learned a little bit about it, then they're like, wow, there's a lot more to this than you would even think possible. Yeah. So might be might be one of them deals. You know, you don't really know anything until you actually step away and look at a bigger picture at amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was surprised by the amount of time you told me it is in this one deer. You know, I mean, that blew me away. I was thinking, okay, you, you flesh it, you tan it, you throw it on there, you form it. I was thinking like a day, you know, <laughs> you know, a day and a half, you know, after you got tanned, you're ready to go, you know. So I, I don't know, it blew me away when you said how long it took, you know, so. Well, that's a good question there, Cody. How 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 much time do you have in just one mount? A- including, you know, from the time you pick that rack up off the floor to the time you well, call the guy. he's got to tape it before that. So he's got, uh, from when it walks in the door, yeah. he's starting to work because he's got to get the tag and all that. Yeah, I've never, I've never actually timed it. I mean, it's, you're working on everything in groups. I try to, to push everything through in groups and do uh, three a week is what I'm shooting for this year. So I do everything in threes and... Uh, it's a lot of time. I'd hate to, I'd hate to break it down, but it's still worth it. Um, yeah, I enjoy it. Cause we should tell the listeners out here, you're you're not a you're not a full time taxidermist yet. You're working towards that. So correct. This guy's working sixty hours a week, and he loves mountain deer, and he's so passionate about it. He's doing that after eight thirty when he puts the kids to bed. He's going out there and putting in the work to get these mounts done, and. And I can tell just, I mean, he's just getting more into it and, and more passionate about it. So Then you got to be to work at what, 6, 7? 5 o'clock and I got an hour drive. I was going to say, just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, love, he loves it, dude. I, you can tell just when, when you when you start talking about deer, he just, it's lighting up. But Yeah, when I first started, I first year I had, I don't know, just the, the rack size. I had a guy show up with a 180-inch deer and I thought, oh, I was nervous. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And first year and I called a guy that I kind of, you know, I look up to, does taxidermy and. I called him, and he said, someday it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter if it's a six-point. It's not going to matter if it's got 20 points. And I thought, oh, I don't believe that for a minute. And I've come to that point where, you know, I don't I'm not, I don't see the rack. And we can go somewhere with a friend, and he'll say, did you see that deer with the drop? And I, oh, I didn't even look at the antlers. You know, I'm, I'm pedicles down now. And, and even 
I've noticed that even when I'm out hunting, you know, I deer walk through and I'm I'm in taxidermy mode. I'm looking I'm looking at detail. <laughs> he's and, looking at this doe. He's like, man, oh yeah, oh yeah, look at this. I kind of want the cave off. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> looks like a nice cave. So. Yeah. So uh, getting getting near the next question. Um, when when I go to the taxidermist and he throws down that book, I'm just blown away. I'm like, how many pages is this thing? Dude? This will take me half a year to look through. So just just in your perspective, what is, you know, you don't have to say brand names. What's your favorite mold? You know, what what do you like to use, you know, and, and what do you think is the best? So because you look at that book and there's just, and I know you let people choose, you know, but if a guy was to say, oh, this brand's a little better than that or, you know, this this brand might have problems or something like that, you know. Yeah, I use, I go off the time of year where the rut's at and the pre-swell, the swell, uh, early October. I go with a lot of detail. You know, they're not they're not full yet. They're not swollen, so I go with a with form with a lot of detail. And then you get in your late October through November, and you just get your big gnarlies. You're you're swelled up. Your face is sw- everything's swelled up, and that's people everyone's favorite. Yeah. And then later season they start to hit the hit the food and come downhill and you get back and you get more detail in them again and you get some of that swelling gone and okay. that's kind of how I rate it uh, one of my favorite forms is an artist by Ben Mears uh, he does a great job and that's that's my favorite is it? yeah see I, that, I would have never thought that because I could I can look at like my summer bucks and I can tell or not my summer bucks my early season bucks <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing you know my early season bucks where they still got that <laughs> summer cape that's what yeah. I was thinking and I can tell yeah. there's so much more detail mm-hmm. and in my mind I think it's so much harder to mount that because there's there's that that hair is shorter not mm-hmm. real long so there's not a lot of room for the stitching and stuff so but I I I would prefer a summer or summer coat deer early season buck mount over a late season where they're all like you said they're bulked up mm-hmm. and, and and gnarly looking but everybody's got their preferences i just like the detail they just look so slick you know mm-hmm. so what, what brand do you say that was ben mears is ben the mears. artist uh, okay so that's good to know have you had a deer come in where you had to order a mule deer mold no i i always heard that coming in that 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 was something that was done but i've never came across it um, I think Ben Mears, don't quote me, but I think he's up to a 27-inch neck now or 26. Wow. He just sculpted one this summer. That's big. I mean, yeah. I I think the biggest I've come across is 24. That's big. I mean, mm-hmm. that's yeah. big. After you, you know, after you get, like you said, when they are contracted, because I measured that buck neck, you know, when I told you, and he's like, well, it's going to be different when it's contracted. And I didn't even think about that. But you think about, you know, a harvest animal, all their muscles are uncontracted, you know. And, and, and you get a... You know that skin. A lot of people measure outside of the hair, and that's that's going to be yeah. I don't know two, three inches, if not more, bigger on that measurement. Mm-hmm. So my brother actually shot a deer and took it to the taxidermist, and this guy's been doing taxidermy for years, and you know probably probably close to ten years now. And uh, he, he called my brother and said, "Hey, man, I'm gonna have to bump up your your price here because I got to get a mule deer mount because the neck's so damn big." So I, and he told me that I said, well, I mean, it, it was a big deer, and I didn't know if you, if you'd come across that yet or not. No, I haven't seen that. I've uh, I kind of jumped around some different companies on mannequins, and I uh, just kind of stick with the ones I like. Uh, I, like shoulders is a big one. Uh, you get into a deer with a, you know, a twenty three inch neck, and 
the shoulders are too small on the forearm and you have to build them back up or, or vice versa mainly you get a 20 inch neck and their shoulders are built like a deer with like a mule deer you know it just doesn't fit so i kind of stick with what i have and it's been working out that's crazy to me that you get you buy that mold but then you have to customize it oh, everything yeah. to the hide so you know you got to put it on there oh this is a little loose and i mean you got to make it you have to make the mold you got like a rough draft in my mind i'm like well yeah it's a mold you just slide it on there then yeah. all the details in the face but i mean you got the creases for the you know the left turn right turn whatever and then plus like you said the shoulders or you got to build the neck or i mean that that's art right there you're pretty much a sculptor you're pretty much a deer mm -hmm. sculptor and See, you just got like a the the thing that's weird about that you know a mule deer mount going on a, you know a white putting a white tail or a mule deer mount is the whitetails, you know, are usually, uh, you know, in the woods. They're rubbing on trees. They're getting jacked up. And then the mule deers, they're, you know, Nebraska, Kansas, yeah, kind of, kind of western. They're they, not, they're not hitting them trees. You know, it's just you open think they prairie. On so are, are they just? A, I don't know. Are they just a much bigger animal, or, you know. I wonder. I wonder. Do you think like all the corn and stuff? You know. Yeah. Like they're, you know, I don't know. I, I might sound dumb to like some Western hunters listen to this, you know. But I don't really know. I mean, how does the how does the buck lose its velvet out there? There's no tr like in Nevada where I was working, northern Nevada, no trees, nothing. There ain't a tree anywhere. So they must be rubbing on scrub brush, yeah, sagebrush. Yeah, that's, and that's stuff. what I'm saying. You know, the whitetails here, their their neck gets huge because they're rubbing on trees, they're marking their territory, getting the velvet off, doing this and that. What what's a mule deer doing? I mean, I have no you, idea. You, you take a you take a trail cam pick on August first of a whitetail here in the Midwest, and then you take a picture of him on November first, and you're like, that's not even the same damn deer. Yeah, I mean, it's they, totally different. Yeah. So, I we don't have mule deer here, so I would like to see the transition of a mule deer through yeah, through the cool. through the later part of the year to see how much he grows, or if his neck is just that big all year round. Yeah. I have no idea. That'd be that'd, that'd be interesting to yeah. me. Yeah, mm -hmm. anybody's got some mule deer picks, you know, put them out there. I'd like to see it. So yeah, I think Which, I think within five years I'm gonna try to go to Nebraska or Kansas to do some. Another thing I heard about mule deer is it probably depends on where you shoot them or not, but I heard they're terrible tasting. I don't know if that's true or not. Hmm. Have I've you ever had any mule deer? I have not. I've Neither never heard I. of anybody even have any mule deer, so I couldn't yeah. tell you anybody. <laughs> yeah. even we might be onto something yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> so if no one's got it, I mean, <laughs> so we should have covered this right off the bat. But I, uh, I want to go over. So you shot a buck. You got him on the ground. You're field dressing him. You know what? If you could tell, talk to a guy on the phone and say, "This is how I want you to cape him out." What would be your or field dressing, what would be your step by step, you know, you know, hit him, you know, hit it. Don't gouge his stomach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First thing I want Mother Nature to not let shotgun season be sixty degrees forever. Ain't seems, into that. Uh -huh. It seems like every year it it warms up and that's the first thing on my mind is let's you know, let's keep these deer on the move. Um, that's probably the biggest thing I see is it's sixty degrees and uh we get the deer down and it's time to go show it off and the clock's ticking right then. I mean, getting the field dresses first, get get the guts out, stop that process of breaking down, and uh, get it in, get it get it cooled off. How high is like how high would you want them to stop? You know, like because I know some people that like will take them all the way up to where the brisket stops. Or how 
how far would you like the field dressing cut to stop, you know, for it's easier on you, you know? Right at the sternum. That's a good spot. It uh, doesn't make it very convenient for field dressing, but that's a real safe place to stop because a lot of the mounts now we're getting into these wall pedestals and shoulder pedestals, and there's a oh, lot yeah. more cape there. So that's a good place to stop and cover yourself if you decide, hey, I like that. I like that more shoulder, mm-hmm. that turn right before the leg. If you want that, you need a lot more cape than the traditional style shoulder mount. So, so you're saying just at the front of the shoulder on the brisket? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, like you're saying, those, those pedestal mounts, they like a lot of them, you know, they're full like fully turned. So yep, you'll you get the top of the back. You get the on top the shoulder of the back and the shoulder blades and all that. So that's definitely yep. cool. And then okay, go ahead. I interrupt you, but go ahead and continue on. So you're kind of getting cooled off, you know. Uh, what what do you think about? I know, like me, like if I'm gonna cape out a buck, a lot of times I'm taking the deer to the locker. So you know, do you think? You know, you think. If a guy was going to cape it himself, you know, what, what is the best case situation for you, you know? As far as? As far as, like, is, you know, does he need to bring the whole hide or, you know, does he, you know, where can he cut it off? Like at the hips or the waist, you know? and Middle of the belly. I just tell everybody to keep it long. You know, yeah, give me something to work with. Uh, a lot of guys ring them, but it's, it's if they bring the whole cape in, that's fine. There's other projects that use extra cape, so we take, a, you know, use that too, so it works out. And then uh, I, I I have been guilty of it, and I wanted to ask this. You know, I, I talked to you, and you're like, you got to make sure it's in the freezer. Because I'm always thinking, oh, a couple days in the fridge, you know, it'll be all right. So, you know, when when you if you do cape it yourself, you need to get that in the fridge freezer within a couple days, right? You know. Yeah, get so, it. I uh, get it cut up. Get most of the red meat off. No big chunks. Uh, you got to think about it when it thaws. That neck is going to freeze solid. So your ears. Your, your top of your face, your the bottom of the cape where you've cut it, it's going to thaw out first. And that neck is going to be rock solid, and the rest of that stuff has already started the decomposing process. So you got to keep it, you know, keep all the red meat off, get it wrapped up tight, get get a bag, double bag it, you know, keep the air off it so it doesn't freeze or burn. But the best thing to do is just get it get it straight to your taxidermist yeah. so he can get started. That's the best thing you can do, you know. Just, like I said, I'd take it to the locker, watch them cape it out and i'd take mm-hmm. it with me because most lockers around here if you want to cape you know and you stand there for 30 40 minutes and say hey man i'd like to take this buck with me they're cape it right out and, and let you take it so because i i've heard a lot of horror, horror stories about you know well now i gotta buy a cape and they're trying to blame the taxidermist but like you said it's not it's not your fault it's you know he you drove around in your truck for two days <laughs> yeah, showing everybody and then you know you 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 cleaned it and then you threw the cape on the garage floor and and it was cold but now it got up to 50 in the day and sure so yeah I, yeah I will say i i've been brought up and you know i've been told you know this is the way you do this this is the way you do that and you know you take your deer to the locker and then you go back in a week and pick it up and then you then you take it to the taxidermist well then you know just like you cody you know you're standing there waiting 40 minutes for the guy to cape it there so now even though you might have shot your bucks four days after me, now you're ahead of me in line. That's right. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah, that extra forty minutes. I mean, so yeah, I, I, I go to Elmwood there, and they do a good job, and they're cape it right out. They got a a real awesome table. They they don't hang it. They lay it down, mm-hmm. and then they roll it, and and he'll give you the whole cape or whatever you want. So I mean, he did he does a good job. But yeah, this year shotgun season was. You know, it was fairly warm, and 
uh, wife had came out and it was Sunday evening and I, of course I got to work Monday and I can't remember exactly, but it was, you know, 30 some deer in that weekend and I'm working on them and it's about eight o'clock at night and I'm thinking, okay, that's good. That's, that's a good number. We're up from last year. And then my phone just went nuts <laughs> and it's the deer that were shot Friday and it's the deer coming from Saturday. And then now I want to get ahead on these and get these, yeah. get them on the salt table right away. And so, so those were the people like me that got their hide after they took it to the locker no, those well, those show up. Those show up. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, the locker deer it will. They'll, you'll start getting them Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They'll start coming later in the week, next week. Yeah, and they keep them in a cooler, and that and you can do that, and just the quicker we can get them salted, the better. Yeah, I like I like that you brought that up because this shotgun season was crazy hot, and you still had how many bucks did you have come in? Oh, uh, the first season we were. Probably close to 40, 50. That's crazy. Uh, Friday, the first season was, was okay. Saturday was the rainstorm. Yeah, how did you do Sunday was, Sunday was amazing. Second season was a real hot one. Second season was a hot Rain, and it was, it was, second season was pretty rough. Yeah, so probably less bucks in. But, yeah, that's that's awesome, man. A lot of guys out there dropping big deer. So What's the earliest you had a buck come in? Mm, I'd say second week of October. Yeah, he, I, he had bucks when I dropped mine off, so... In the beginning, I every year, you know, it's October six, and I'm like, oh no, yeah, Where, where's everybody at? Yeah. This is a, this isn't working. And, yeah, I'm not gonna have any mounts to do. Nobody you know. loves me. Yeah. <laughs> then by November first, I I quickly get reminded it's yeah, game time. You're like, man, look at this. <laughs> you walk in there and you're like, man, you gotta chill them out. All these is just, but yeah, I mean, you do a great job. You pump them out, and it's high quality work. So I can't say enough. But let's get into uh, just. Going right back to that book, you know, like you look at it and you got, you got semi sneak, right turn, left sneak, left turn. You know, to, to, uh, to hunters out there, what, what is the best mold? You know, because like I got low ceilings in my house, so that's one thing. Like the buck I shot this year was head down feeding, so I wanted to get a full sneak, but I'm mm-hmm. always worried like how far is that going to stick out, or you know, and that's. Something you don't know until you have, you know, you have one. So I think if they could get a little knowledge here, mm-hmm. you know, so go ahead and go into the molds there. Well, you hit it right on with the, with you know, with the low ceiling. You're going to want to do some kind of sneak, get that head down, uh, especially if you have dogs or anything that could possibly mess with it. Because if you have a standard shoulder mount, you're going to drop the body down to clear the rack, and it's free game for that for that dog. So definitely do full sneak, and uh, a lot of guys, it's the neck. Or after the neck, so uh, you you stand them full straight up. You know that neck's gonna lose a little bit. Where if the semi upright kind of comes back down, not a lot of lean back, and you can really get that swell to show. And yeah, everybody wants that big beefy rut buck look, you know. So. Yeah. But what's your uh, what's your favorite mold to mount? What do you think looks the best for a deer? You know, like right turn or left turn, or are they all about the same? It's just how you. I really like the full sneak. Uh, not my favorite to stitch, but the full sneak you can, lot you can get a little animation in it. Yeah, so that's what I was talking about doing was getting a full sneak this year on that buck. So I'm kind of excited to see how that is. What are you trying to do here? <laughs> I'm trying to get it to get you. You're driving me nuts, punching. The oh buttons. yeah, my my. Yeah, why don't you just put it on my wake? Yeah, just just say hey. I'll just, let you know when I want you to dim down. I got it. Never, never, never. <laughs> got never. it. Hard. 
Got my phone on never now. I'm tired of seeing 9,099. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm, I got my questions on my phone, and I they're going <laughs> off, and my phone this keeps 2018, going off. This 2018, step up. So now I got to hit the... You now I lost my nose. Come on. I ain't put, all right, let's go. All right. We're in the, we're in the mouth. So I'm going to do a full sneak on that buck. I think it's going to look sweet. I don't have one yet. I'm kind of pumped about it. I got a semi-sneak. The, the, my bow buck is a semi-sneak. Uh, yeah. Turned right, and he's turned he's turned right pretty hard. Yeah. Which I did that because his right G two is broken off, so, so I did I didn't I didn't want him up right, you know. So I I did the you know like a full turn right mm-hmm. semi sneak to just kind of hide that, and I, I wish I I wish it wasn't broke, but I mean there's nothing yeah, I could have yeah. done about that. But yep. I did that just to hide it, and then my shotgun deer, I got him full upright because I mean he's nice and tall. Did him full upright, turn slight left, and yeah. really sh- really show off the height. So mm-hmm. I know you, I know you like to do uh, whatever you know you when you first see him, and I, th- I think that's probably what I'll do from now on. I like that. Right, I'm full draw. I'm about to shoot him. What does he look like? Yeah. Because you know, when I look up on the wall, I'm be like, oh yeah, he was right there. I was like, I was in that tree, <laughs> yeah. about eighteen foot. Northwest wind about twelve mile an hour. Yeah, thirty two degrees. I, I, you know, which my shotgun deer. He, when I first seen him, which that's the image that sticks in my head. Yeah, it's like him and nine other deer, and there's like six bucks and two does, and one is apparently just super hot, and they're all just right on her ass chasing her right in the woods, and then they get to the edge of the woods. He's just standing like, there. They're just standing there, just straight up, like, okay, where are you going now? About to chest shoot him. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, Side. wherever she goes, he's going to go. And she pops in the woods, and I said, perfect. And then he pumped in, and he took three steps in the woods. and Game over. Game over. So he, Did you stop him? You mad or anything? Nope. That's like a lot of my my mounts is because I've stopped him. Like, I've mat or something, you know, and he's looked right. Or it's like... Or he's looked left. You know, whatever way he's coming in, he's looking that way. So that's pretty much how my mouse, whatever way I stop him, you know, <laughs> or, or shoot him. This year I didn't stop the buck. So I have four bucks. This is the only buck I've ever, four mounter bucks that I, that, that's the only buck that I've ever stopped before. Or not stopped, I'm sorry. Yeah, I always stop them, but. Yeah, see, I, like I like to just kind of pick out a spot and when they hit that window, and boom. You know, yeah, yeah, boom. <laughs> you know, but then, like, I mean, I, this year I tried to get a sausage roll to stop and, you know, mm. kind of spooked him. Sausage rolls look good in the studio. Duh. Would you or European him or full mounted? Uh, you had to full mount him. I, I would have had to full mount He had, mount. like, he, he had a six pointer come in that had just the mo- the palmated mass. Palmated like mass, kickers and stickers everywhere, and then just tines with kickers and stickers. Wow. I mean, it, it was a super cool buck. It would have been probably the gnarliest six-pointer you ever seen mounted in your life. <laughs> but I'd have brought him to you, and you'd have done him up. <laughs> Let's hope we see him next year, right? Yeah. <laughs> he might be losing his yeah. rounds. So oh. I hope we get not, to see Not because his fault. I'm sorry. I just threw you right on the bus. That was, that was a dick move. Anyways. All right. Uh, so what? What's some other mounts have you done just besides deer? Have you ever done like any like access deer or anything like that yet? Or no, we uh, had a conversation with a guy about an about an elk and yeah. hoping we can get that to work out. Uh, if not, I'm gonna I'm gonna purchase the stuff and do it myself because I definitely want to do an elk. Yeah, so. elk. So you're just like, hey, bring it in. You know, even if you don't want to mount it, um, I still want it. Yep. So yep. You're just gonna like take a donation or. 
Oh, I would even purchase it. Uh, purchase okay. yeah. you know, mule deer. I want to start getting into some different stuff. Yeah. So. I uh, I actually went to a QDA meeting in uh, QDA. QD- May, yeah, there you and, go. And uh, and the guy had a full elk mount. And like you go to like Bass Pro, you know, and they're like way up, you know, you don't realize. And it was down on the ground. And I walked up to it. I'm like, this thing is monstrous. Cause you see him on TV, shoot him. Or like I said, you see like a full mount somewhere. This guy had a full mount on the ground with a doe or a cow. I'm sorry. People out west are <laughs> be like, I'm done listening to this podcast. <laughs> I don't know shit about out west. Mule deer, yeah. elk, don't yeah. know nothing. No, but yeah, anyways, I was like, this thing is monstrous. But yeah, that guy had everything. He had his, his kids wanted him to mount one animal off every species he could get off the farm. He's got a full body snapping turtle. He's got he got fox turtles. He's got coyotes, skunk. Everything's full body too, and and it was in just this monster room with like twenty foot ceilings, you know. And he's got like access deer and an access doe and a coos deer and a coos doe. It was it was just so cool. But yeah, that full body elk on the ground, I was astonished at. at I bet that's cashy. Yeah, I don't know. What it's got to be cashy. A full body elk's got to be. I'm sweet. saying upwards of over two grand. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what the mold would cost on it. I, mean, I know the mold's got to be yeah. honor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This year I had a lot of calls. That, you know, you thinking local local guys, and you might you might get some for a couple counties away, and you know my phone tells me where they're. You know, it says Kentucky, and I'm like, oh, this is probably just a one of them calls. You know, solicitor. Yeah. Take the call and no, it's a guy. He, people travel to hunt and they're in the area and they heard about or seen the ad and they want to drop it off. And first thing I think is I'm going to get this back to you, you know. And they'd, I'll just pick it up next year. We're going to come back and hunt. And <laughs> I'll have guys calling from the locker from Chicago. It's like we're leaving. The deer's here. Can we just bring it to you and drop it off? We'll pick it up next year. And I'm like wow. wow, you know, it's not stuff I expected. I'll get phone calls on a lot of bear stuff, uh, tanning bear skins, bear. Yeah. Bear skulls, mule deer, elk. I do a lot of Those skulls that way. Those bear skulls you're doing are sweet, dude. I, I would love to go shoot a bear just to get one of those bear skulls. Cause yeah, they're really neat. They are really neat. Would you rather have a skull than a mount? Yeah, I don't know. I I really like a full, even if it's a black bear, that's going to take up some real estate, dude. Dude, Smyers, last week, VIP shout out. Yeah. His dad's got a full black bear mount. Really? Yeah, yeah standing up. Yeah, I watched a YouTube, uh, I watched a YouTube video a while back was... Recurve on the ground out of a blind black bear, oh. and he ended up shooting like a cinnamon-looking one, and uh, and it touched the bear touched the end of his arrow broadhead like in the blind. It was like coming up into the blind, and, and he's like <laughs> reaching for the bear spray, you know. And I'm like, oh my god! And he, like the buck, or the the bear sees him, you know, and he starts quartering away, running, and he ends up shooting him recurve off the ground. I'm like, that's crazy hunting right there. But, Guy I work with, he was tell, telling me about a bear hunt he went on a few years ago. And first day, uh, he went with a group of guys. And first day, he's got this cub climbing his tree. And keep in mind, we're from Illinois, so this is scary to us. <laughs> yeah. And uh, cub climbed his tree, and he said all he could think about it, he just kept shooing it away, literally with his foot. And he said all he could think about is, if, where's mom? And yeah. he said he just kept shooing. He's talking to this thing, go away, get, get out of here. And it's first day and they can shoot any size bear they want and i said well what'd you do you know he said this bear was really messing with him even at one point was up right up with him and oh my said what'd you do and he said i just shot it i was tagged out <laughs> he, <laughs> he goes i just 
He goes, I don't even think my arrow had left the bow before it made contact. But wow. He goes, I was tagged out, but I was safe. What a story <laughs> that is, though, man. I mean, I shot this thing like three foot out in my state. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a sweet story. We were, we were in the same tree. And then... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, we we were just talking about those uh, those European bears. So let's go ahead and get into your European mounts here. You do a outstanding job on European mounts, and I know you pump out a lot of years. So go ahead and go into that kind of how you do that. Yep, I started out doing it the the boiling method and uh, read on about these der- dermastide beetles, and I thought I got to try this. So we set a tank up and. Uh, slow going at first. I didn't really see the point in it, and I'm like, well, this is gonna, this is taking too long. You know, the deer were in there so long, and you just have to build a, a very large colony, and we're up to two colonies now, and they're they are cranking. Um, it's scary. You put a, you put a deer head. In. I, we just put a bear skull in. Uh, would have been Thursday night, and I could pull it out tomorrow. I mean, they just, they That's get after crazy. it. I've even they're to the point now where I can, I set the deer skull in there, and they'll move it. They'll. It's tipped over. They they just get after it. So wow, how many like it definitely, a, how many's in a colony? You know, if you could guess an estimate. Oh, <laughs> I'd say fifty thousand, sixty thousand. Wow, 000. that's and nuts. you you said you got two two colonies. Yeah, yeah just to, just just for the volume. We always thought we'd go one, and last year we did seventy skulls, and it one it was. Now we got the beetles. We don't have to boil anymore. This is going to speed us up. And then we got hit with 70 skulls. And it was like, <laughs> okay, next year we're going to have another colony. And it, yeah. it takes about four months to build a colony up to get it to, to hammer down. So they're definitely good employees and <laughs> yeah. save me a lot Work of time. And, me. Yeah. Yeah, that's sweet. But yeah, that's, that's nuts. Those beetles are, I'd like to see them work. Yeah, a lot, just... a lot of guys are interested in them. They check them out. And that's the first question I get. I what if they get out? Will they eat you? And oh my gosh! I've had guys ask about you know. Man, if they got out, fifty thousand beetles. This, I'd be running. Yeah. <laughs> Illinois yeah. country would be running. <laughs> so, do you just periodically like put a skull in there, just like when they're like, okay, they haven't had anything for three days, it's time to put a skull in there, or are you just constantly reloading a skull right after? I'm right after I'm night? constantly going. They're constantly, you know, you've got different stages. You got larva and you got beetles, and they got about seven stages they go through. And the and the main job of the beetles is just to breed and keep that colony up. The larva, they're the ones that are doing all your damage and eat eating. Oh, okay. Uh, so there's always different stages going, so there's never loss of appetite. I keep about three skulls in each colony at all times and just, just rotate, just go, go, go. And the degree, then it takes you to the greasing process is where it takes a lot of time. I mean, the the degreasing process is most important. The beetles have just saved me a lot of time. I have, You don't have to be over the pot watching it burn and overcooking it and bones getting loose and burning the cartilage out. So they do a great job on that, and then the degreasing stage, which I take a lot of pride in, and that's that's how you get the amount to come out is just degreasing. It takes a deer takes to do it right three four weeks, and yeah, right. but I mean the quality, like it's, you look it's at the a right way to do it compared to his heads, it's it's hands down degree. I never heard of the degreasing way, but like some of those elk heads, that that was just straight degreasing, right? On those elk heads, yeah. Those, I mean, those are awesome. I mean, and bear skulls. Honestly, I've I've got bear skulls now that they've been in there about four months to greasing, and they're not done yet. I mean, and you can you could stop, let them dry, and and whiten them, but it's just a year from now. It's it's coming back out. You know, it's going to bleach through. So yeah, I mean, I just the, the stuff I get does, all I mean, the grease pulled out. And, white. I mean, it is beautiful. And so so what's the process on this degreasing? 
So it's just a uh, Don dish soap and ammonia, and I keep it heated with fish tank heaters and just a just a little more room temperature, 80 degrees, 90 degrees, and just let it sit, and you'll see it'll float to the top, and you skimmer it, and just keep that going until that water is water, you know, keep it clean. you got to have a strong stomach to be a taxidermist. <laughs> no joke about that. Well, that's, a, that's after all, all the meat and everything's off, and yeah. the bugs have done their part, so it's it's not too bad, but yeah. I did do uh, some... Some bigger stuff. We did some cows, some longhorn, wow, and uh, some bison, and that that got bad. That put the beetles <laughs> to the test. So yeah, I, I put it in and said, "Good luck, guys." And it got stinky before that got done. But luckily, they were they finished it. Wow, man, that's crazy. A bison skull. There's a, I mean, you can carve some meat off of it. Just what's inside is just yeah. They they brought them in. They were uh, at least seventy five hundred pounds. Just the head. I mean, it was no cape on it or anything. Grabbed it by the back of the horns. There was two of them, and guy grabbed the first bison, and I thought he looks like he's struggling a little bit, and this will be interesting. So I picked the other one up and thought, how am I going to put this in the beetles and not kill them all? You know, but, you got to get over, boys. Big yeah. coming in. Got you a Big Mac coming in. Bison yeah. Big Mac. <laughs> got a pet top and be like, this is pretty much going to be like a food challenge. Here. As a professional food eaters, get to work. So yeah. All right. Well. uh I had a guy ask me about this the other day, and I, I didn't know if you did it or not, but have you done any, like, repairing of horns and recoloring? Because, like, a lot mm-hmm. of people find a, a dead buck that they hunted or maybe, and they get a salvage tag and they want to mount it and stuff. So ha- have you done any of that? Yeah, that's that's actually very common. Uh, getting into it, I didn't think it would be. I mean, I personally, if, if I shoot it and he's G2's busted, it's that's how I'm going to leave it, you know. But it's very common. I've done a lot of main beam repairs, tine repair, and... It's very, very common, and it's a lot of fun. I've, you know, most of the time I turn around, it's eight months to a year. Last year was a little worse, but a lot of guys come in, and they look at me and say, which side did you fix? Wow. <laughs> They're trying to find it, you know, so I've had a lot of fun with it, and it's challenged me, but it's been fun. So do they just bring in a picture, or or how do, how do they go about, how do you go about trying to recreate exactly how this deer looks? If they don't have any, if they don't have, pictures or if they don't have any recommendations but they want it fixed i try to just make it match the other side yeah if it doesn't i just usually lately i just can put a little character to it you know make it something but that's cool yeah put a little squiggle in it or something mm-hmm. or like that put a little acorn in it. there's so much you could do to that that's something i wouldn't personally do but we've got buddies we were talking about and he tells everybody yeah i shot this 154 incher and eight inches of it's a repair <laughs> you get it a lot on uh, elk uh you know, they shoot an elk, they're falling down the hill, they're going down the mountain, so it's very common to get your elks in in pieces. Yeah, I mean, you shoot them out there with a rifle and it rolls down the hill, I mean, I bet you it's busting. Oh, yeah, they get, here's your elk and here's a bag of parts. And... <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, it's That's common. rough. Yeah, <laughs> rough. Yeah, yeah those, those, uh, those elk skulls, dude, I mean, that just makes me want to go shoot an elk. Just even the, just to get a European would be sweet, but ever You since... still have to hang the damn thing off the ground. Yeah, it would be low. It would be, <laughs> it'd be low. My dogs would be getting a little bone every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're just better off just getting a full body elk. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> be like, yeah, you know that addition we are going to do for the second kid? Yeah, I got full body elk coming. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, you, Chris, you're going to have to mount this in this room because I don't think I'm going to be able to fit through the doors once you get it in here. <laughs> so, that's another thing. I mean... As wide and tall as they are, if you didn't like turn that head down sideways and walk it through a door, how do you get a mount inside your house? So they got on the elk, you've got detachable 
So you actually oh, you break see? them you break them into you know basically sheds and bring the professional in here and you get all the <laughs> answers. So and I didn't know the full bodies were actually two molds that you had to put together. Oh, they're multiple pieces. Usually you'll yeah. I'd say five six pieces by the wow, time you get it dude. done. You got to mold all them together and make it. So it's not just like you don't just get like a full. Well, it's like your your coyote. You know, we get that order. That's gonna come and. The head will be separate from the torso, and the rear rear end will come separate. Wow! And that's just for shipping. No, they have the full mannequin. The you guy in the shipping dock, then, oh. then guy takes a saw to it, <laughs> oh, so he can get it in a little box. I'm gonna talk to that guy. But. Yeah, be like, hey man, <laughs> put it in a big box. Pay that yeah. extra shipping for me. And hope, send it hope out. he cuts straight. Yeah, I'm pumped about that coyote. Yep, it's gonna be sweet. We got a little spot over here. It's kind of tight in this room, but. You would get a podcast with five, six guys, and it's going to be real close in here. But then we won't have to run the heaters as much. <laughs> it's some hot air in here. Homie's full of that. So. <laughs> All right, um, let's get into you. Uh, do you you got a Facebook page or something where people can find your work and, and maybe just like your business name and yeah. stuff like that? Uh, Ingram's Outdoor Obsessions. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, try to update pictures. Uh, we're slowly rolling into mammals now, so keep an eye out for that. We'll be posting, you know, Cody's coyote and uh, some squirrels. They're coming soon, so slowly going to roll into mammals, and I'm I'm super excited to get into birds and fish next. Yeah, Just that's the whole an next eye. level. So yeah, I'm pumped to see what you do. I I see the quality that you do in deer, so I know it's just gonna gonna roll right into everything else. But yeah, a squirrel mount. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't think that'd be cool, but I I got a, like some sheds that are all chewed up. I'd love to have like a squirrel mounted chewing on that shit yep. you know that'd be cool that would be cool so i just shot one the other day and got it in the freezer i was wow. like yeah i was out coon calling daytime coon calling you got anybody out there that's like a professional daytime coon caller that wants to come on this podcast and talk about it it's super intriguing and i've tried it i watch youtube videos they're just blasted them. <laughs> i go out nothing <laughs> i got electric collar i'm you know i'm doing on dentry nothing it's like the coons are like Pfft. I'm getting out of this tree. <laughs> well, you're crazy, but yeah. So, you're gonna be at the Elmwood Outdoor Show, right? Correct. All right, yeah. I think you got the booth right by us. Somehow, magically, that worked out. That's gonna be perfect. So, you guys come to hang out with us. Chris will be there. You can get his card. Look at some of his work he's done, and uh, hopefully, my buck will be at my booth. So I'll get to rep him too. I'll be like, check this mount out. Right down there is a the guy who did it. You know, <laughs> keep walking down the line. So. Before Cody has to ask the question, so when is Cody going to get that back? Uh, it sounds like we got an event coming up here in Victoria. Yeah, so yeah, we we're got. Gonna, yeah, we got. Uh, we're going to have it for February twenty fourth, right? Is that when it was? Twenty third. See, you know, you're the tech guy. <laughs> Anyways, we uh, Victoria, Illinois. That's where we're all from. Uh, the bar up here is having a jerky cook off. Whitetail Legacy Podcast about to take first place with the the deer prime rib jerky coming at hard. I got the recipe down pat. I hope so. Uh, had people tell me the best jerky they ever had. At, they were tucking it in their lip like chew and savoring <laughs> the flavor on this stuff, dude. That's how good it was. So that's railroaders. So railroaders eat gas station hot dogs. I don't know what their taste quality is like a lot. So if it didn't come from Casey's, I mean, it's probably good to them. So, so but we're still, I'm still got high hopes for that. We're going to be up there. Um, if anybody's up there listening to this podcast and you want to podcast with us after the show, we're going to be setting up. You know, if we get a list of guys, three, four, that want to come on at a later date, we'll be up there signing people up. You want to come on, tell your deer stories, help some guys out to be successful. Come up there and say, hey, man, I want to get on the podcast. 
I'm gonna come in and hang out and bullshit. That's pretty much what we do. So yeah, but yeah, we'll be up there. Uh, hopefully, I'll have the buck to display up there, and then it, uh, the my buck this year is is he and the Beatles from this year? Is he in the Beatles or no? He's he's through. Oh, he's through the he's Beatles. Through, so yep. hopefully, I'll be able to have the rack up there, skull plate from this year too. Just oh, screw yeah. it in there, and, you know, just hang it. Maybe not screw it in there. I'll just set her down so nothing dangerous happens to her. Yeah. <laughs> but um uh where's your shop at here so people can get a kind of get an idea i'm located in oneida illinois uh right off 34 pretty good pretty easy to find so and then uh you can kind of go into this if you want to uh what what's kind of your prices for mounts you know what you're going to do this year so kind of people have an idea if they listen to this podcast and they got something that maybe a dead buck they want to bring in or maybe you know because you do you do offer you you have some capes right that people can buy and you yes. can mount deer if they yep. if they've just skull plated something and they want to mount it so kind of kind of go through that yeah so I got uh, shoulder mounts are at four hundred uh, skull mounts are seventy five for the beetle clean and whiten man that's unbelievable seventy five bucks even four hundred that's awesome price for the detail but seventy five dollars to preserve that instead of just a, a you know a skull plate that's and one thing like with capes I don't. Uh... I'm in it because I like it. I got a lot of extra capes, and they're given to me. So a hunter comes in and has an unfortunate deal where they shot it, couldn't find it, or maybe, you know, whatever the story is. I usually, I don't charge for capes. I just do the trade. I keep the trade open, and a hunter donates to me, and I donate it to the guy that needs yeah, it. So That's awesome. Yeah, I've been if in you're, that situation. If you're looking where... at, to get a deer mounted and you need a cape, just let me know, and I'll tell you what I got, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I've been in that situation where I've, you know, I've let a buck you know, set until I had help to get out or something and the coyotes got to it and just tore it up. I know we've probably all been there, you know, but it's it sucks, but, you know, you still want to preserve what meat you can and you still want to get the deer mounted, but you ain't got a cape, you know. Like you said, you got freezers full. And so he also has a walk-in freezer for sale still, right? Nope, we got it sold. Oh, you got it sold, man. <laughs> yep. hey, all right, I was about to throw that out there. I, yeah, I, if, I, if I could convince the old lady to let me buy that. I would have. <laughs> I have like seven, eight coons hanging in that thing right now. I'm getting ready to skin out so I don't have to skin them every night. So Yeah, I thought when first started, I thought you're going to have to store everything in a freezer. But I just, I try to keep everything up and get it, get it tanned, you know, get it salted. I don't want to work 60 hours a week and come home and find out I've got a freezer not running. So oh, man, that'd be terrible, yeah. I get them on the table and get them, get them in a safe spot. Still not as bad as your truck. I'm not running for a month. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's bad, but yeah, trail cam update. No update. <laughs> not a deer picture, man. I don't. I don't know where they at. They gone. They're on the neighbors. It's probably that coon calling. You're scaring yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, the coon calling. Coon calling. That was on the the south side of the property. <sighs> no coons, man. No coons. So I don't know. I'm gonna say, I haven't checked. I haven't checked my cam. I got. One you still got it out. Still got one out over there. Yeah. Look, that's probably dead by now. Oh, shed hunting update. Uh, Eleven miles, one dead buck. <laughs> <laughs> it's early. It's early. I, I was laid off all week, so I put in some walk this 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 week. Some good walks. I got my boy out there walking. He made it about a mile and a half. And then I carried him for about a mile back to the truck. <laughs> so, but he had a good time, and that's something. Like I said, this is a perfect time of year, especially with the weather we have in the Midwest. If you can get your kids out there and shed hunt, these 50, 60 degree days that we're having is just phenomenal. It's a little muddy out there, so put the rubber boots on them and and let them go. My kid fell down 
125 times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, he's walking through tall grass, and he's, you know, two and a half foot, maybe two foot. I, I, he just, he, he can't walk through that stuff, you know. I don't know how tall he is. He's short. He's only two years old. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, eight is about as, about as big as he is. Yeah, yeah. I was saying, so I, I have zero miles walked and about 86 hours worked last week, so <laughs> I got kind of in On space. the welder job now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, welder. Yeah, he got, he got serious Big that, welding going yeah. on. Yeah, that's something we didn't touch. Chris, you got you got the two girls, right? Yep. Have they showed any interest in the outdoors at all yet? Or Yeah, I got uh, my oldest out last year. We didn't make it out this year. We're busy in the shop, but last year I got her out, got her in a tree, and we seen six does, and she, it was it was interesting because the whole time, not when we weren't seeing deer, she was loud, and I was just trying to let her have fun, but I thought, oh, we're not going to see a deer, and, and when we do, it's going to be really bad because she's going to yell deer, <laughs> and she didn't. She It was just, it happened, the two does had came out about 30 yards away, and she was just so zoned in, she didn't she yeah. didn't say anything, and uh, they ended up getting downwind of us, and they, they started to figure us out, and she... She was looking at them, reacting, and looking at me, and looking back, and she just... Is this supposed to happen? What's going on, man? So, it, it was fun. Yeah. That's something... I can't wait till then I get to... You get to teach them, like, oh, they they got our win, you know? My dad wasn't a hunter or anything. No one in my family was a hunter, so I learned everything myself. So, be able to teach a kid... My kid's going to be so much better hunter than I was, you know, when he's, you know, 18, or 19, you know, 17. Yeah, like, they're going to know so much more earlier... Yeah. Than than I did. Because when when they'd be able to read deer sign, because back in the day I'd be like, "What is that deer doing?" You know, <laughs> until I realized that <laughs> he, he was winding me. You know, I'm I'm ten years old out there with a bow, ready hunting. You know, and I'm like, I don't know what that deer is doing. Did it see me? You know, I, but you know, the more you read and nowadays listen to podcasts, that's where I learned a lot of stuff. But yeah, yeah that uh, Lauren and Bethany, I got five year old, two year old, and. We drive around, we'll look at deer, and Bethany, she, she's complimenting my work, I hope. She said, Daddy, work on that deer? <laughs> I said, oh, no, that's, that's pretty good. He's yeah, running. But. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm out of that one. That's one of those DNR uh, live yeah. robotic deers I'm out of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A couple weeks ago. Yeah, she'll be she'll be writing some fines soon. So, Do, uh, do you have any interest in getting in any competitions? I have. I'm uh, just trying to keep up right now. Um uh, I get that get that to a point where I can manage it. Then I definitely want to get in some extra cooker activity and get involved in that. I've kind of kept my eye on it. I was a member last year of the ITA Illinois Taxidermy Association, and this year I opted not not to just because I've got to get caught back up and get on the right page. But yeah, definitely something I'm going to be enrolling in. Yeah, we were, I was talking to the homie the other day, and I seen something on Facebook. A guy put like the cartilage in the nose. And then they septum. Like, yeah, the septum they shined in there, and I was like, oh, "That yeah. is some next you see level." All the vessels they can the see veins. the vessels and yeah. stuff. I'm like, "That's some next level stuff." Yeah, you know? I, I can't wait to get into some of that to see how it how yeah, they do it and see how they do it. Shift but, gears for me and start looking yeah. at some looking deeper. I, I bet you you know, dude, his deer is gonna be insane. You're four times the the time into one for a competition. You know, just because you got if you're gonna do the septum and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean. If a person wanted to buy that, the cost would just be astonishing to you know to even you make anything. But a mount like that would be awesome. But yeah, he was talking about the other day. Do you see that mount they just put on Facebook of like the arrow in the deer with the blood going down it? And yeah, stuff? I got it saved on my phone, yeah. and you know I've seen a lot of mixed emotions about that. Some people don't like it. And some people think it's awesome. What do you think about doing something like that? 
think if I get a good buck with a bow, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll I'm uh, I'm about doing what the customer wants. I think, um, the pic that picture in general, I didn't feel it was a, it wasn't ethical, but let's be honest, it happens. Uh, we see it a lot ourselves. So I did see it. It kind of got some bad reviews, but. Uh, step back and look at the artwork that was done with that deer. It was it was a very nice piece and yeah, that neck turn on that deer. I mean, mm-hmm. is that a, that's got to be a certain mold, but still, I mean, I imagine a lot of that was he cut that up and did it himself. Really? You know, he probably altered wow. that a lot. That was impressive. So, I kind of want to end on this, and uh, it might be hard to hard to answer, but as a customer, I think I could you know partially answer for it. But but there's a lot of taxidermists out there, you know, and a lot of people do good work, but what what stands you out from other taxidermists? You know, so uh, never being satisfied. I'm, I always, I I tell myself one percent better every deer. Um, I look back at the fit, you know, five deer ago, and I'm bummed out. You know, there's something I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't leave like that, and I just constantly get better, never be complacent, and I'm constantly looking at new technology and and just mainly pictures i'm there's like i said my phone is full of pictures i'm constantly staring at yeah yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say your detail and your your passion and drive you know i know you as a friend so that helps me see that side mm-hmm. you know most taxidermists you walk in you pick a mold they call you and you pick up your deer there's not you know you don't get to see the in-between i'm finally getting seen the in-between and seeing how much you're putting into each deer and how passionate you're about the mount and the animal and satisfying your customer because you know in the in the end game that's you're putting out a product so that's that's that is the end game you know mm-hmm. a return customer you know and uh i i mean you're, you're getting busier and busier every year so that's that speaks for it itself yeah, right we, there uh i say we i want to i want to include kendra in there kendra has helped me quite a bit she does the sewing and and keeps the kids in check when i spend all the hours out in the garage so she does a lot of the sewing so she's seen it too and she laughs at me. She, the detail and just pictures and and always looking, just looking for the next big thing and yeah. not being afraid to either call you know call it a taxidermist and tell them what you're running into and just yeah. keep digging. Never, you so, know, like I said, five deer ago, I could show you multiple changes on the deer that we mounted today. So I mean, we just keep changing, keep digging, and can, can you do, can you sew? Yeah. Can, can you knit me an ugly Christmas sweater? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Out of full deer hide with yeah. a Christmas tree on That's it. One of the main questions I like to add is, a question I get a lot is, or I guess the statements I get a lot is, and this doesn't go with just tax I mean, this could be anything. This could be any dream or anything that you want to do. A lot of people say, you know, I was going to do tax me once, I did a skull, and the teeth fell out, and then the bones were all loose. Well, so were mine. Yeah. But do it again. Do it again. Yeah. Do it again. Keep getting better. And don't let the, a lot of people look at, where they are and what they have in their mind as what's a successful taxidermist and they look that far out and they go i can't do that you've got to go through the you got to go through the trenches and get there you know and that's where i'm at and it's been fun to kind of watch things come and just put in your pocket and move on you know so that's awesome you've been a big big supporter of this podcast before i told you before it even started i was like man i want to do this and he said do it you know if you want to do it do it and you're always texting me man just just keep going and Yep. Just, just like you said, you know, there's a lot of people out there trolling us. And a lot of people there are like, what are they doing this for? <laughs> Make their stuff look dumb every week. <laughs> I had a guy there's, that... There's had people a, that 
we talked to it and they're like, dude, I'm really digging yeah. it. And I was like, man, we should have done this when we first started talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I had heard, I got to, I got to call this guy and get him back on his feet. But I heard of the guy had, uh, he sent the stuff off to the tannery and he got, he got the call that the whole batch of Cape City, it wasn't much. It was like three deer, but they didn't make it. You know, they slipped and he had some doubt in what he had done. And I heard he, he has now gotten out of taxidermy because of it. So oh, man. going to have to give that guy a call and get him back on his feet because that's, you know, yeah, that's that's, too bad. that's stuff you don't want to let stop you. And taxidermy is it's very stressful. It's yeah, a lot of your time, and it's a lot of, like I said, I work as many hours I work through the week. It's yeah, it's, it's extra. I, but I do want to say on this podcast, you know, as as hunters, you know, we're always like, I want the deer, man. I want to put my deer back, you know, because you <laughs> shot him and you got to see him, you know, that night and a little bit, and now you want that mount, you want that mount, you know, but but. I, I would wait a little longer to get excellent work. You know, if if a guy's putting a ton of work in on it, you know, and I've been there. I've been that guy that called and said, hey, man, you know, where, where, how long am I deer? You know, and it's just because we're pumped. But you got to think, that guy, he's working on it. And the more time he spends on that, the better it's going to be. You yeah, know? I'd say mm-hmm. you're going through it right now. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. Two times. I, me, me, and him <laughs> talk, me and him talked to him. You know, we talked to him and he goes, you can have it. He's like, if you let me keep it, it's going to be better. And that's where I learned it from, you know. He said, he pointed something out I didn't even see. I wouldn't have seen it. He goes, you know, right here. I go, oh, okay. He's like, I want to fix that. Okay, you know, that's perfect, dude. Fix it. Because now that you pointed it out, I'm going to see it forever, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But before that, I, I never, never even noticed it, you know. It just, but for him, for one, as a taxidermist, to have the balls to say, hey, dude. I need to fix this. This is something that needs to be done. You know, one for that to point it out, and two to say, "Hey, I'm gonna fix it." That's what it means to me. You know, just like anything, if you buy a product like like Wild Game Innovation Trail Cams, that's just what pops in my mind. I bought one last year during the break or out during hunting season when they went on sale. You know, like Black Friday or something, and I didn't put it out in the package. Open it up the next year. Don't work warranty's expired i'm like are you kidding me you know i that's just the thing you know if if you want a good product sometimes it takes time you know mm-hmm. and then i bought that camera it was cheap but still a six-month warranty on a trail camera that sets out in the timber come on man i mean it's just it's not there but i still run wild game innovations because <laughs> they're cheap but just like that you know you can go right back to that if sometimes quality stuff takes a little longer and especially if the guys you know he's passionate about doing it and he's going to put out an awesome job. When you get that mount, wait two more months, and you're going to have a twice as good mount. You know what I mean? For the rest, because you have it the rest of the, that. I got those mounts on my wall now. I'm like, okay, I got them. You know, they're here <laughs> as long as I live. You know, yeah, what, you know was, but, why was that in a big hurry? Yeah, because now what, they're here. Yeah, because now they're here. But it's just that that drive. You know, you want to show people, and then you want to relive the experience. So that's one thing I want to say out. If you got a taxidermist that you use, Give him a break, man. <laughs> he's working hard, you know. He's, you know, and and especially like Chris, dude. He's he's full time job plus taxidermist. You imagine working on the railroad sixty hours a week and then going out and like to the studio and mountain deer all There's night. No way. No way. Plus kids, I uh, dude. I mean, you're, it'd be a three year return. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that ain't gonna make no money. Yeah, he'd be like, yeah, it's gonna take about three years to do this deer. <laughs> you know, and you're busting out a bunch of them. So I mean, I couldn't even make a podcast last Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, 
Well, we, uh, we appreciate you listening. Uh, Chris, is there anything else you want to say heading out? Uh, looking forward to the Elmwood Outdoor Show. Uh, yeah. Be next to you guys. We'll have some fun and come check us out. It'll be yeah. a good time. It will be a good time. I don't know how that worked out. We're, we're right beside each other, but that's yeah, I, perfect. Yeah, I texted in. I figured you were going to be in a completely different yeah. building. and You said the next number, and I thought, well, there's a different layout there. So I looked at the layout, and it's like, wow, we're Yeah, because I, right I next messaged door. the guy, the, the owner, and I was like, is there any way I can get next to well, – you're 16, right? 17. Okay, you're 16. 16. We're 16. Yep. I was like, is there any way I can get next to 17? He's like, let me look at my list. He texts me. He's like, you're 16. I'm like, wow, this is just perfect. <laughs> He's like, you're right beside him. I'm like, man, this is just perfect. It is meant to be. So, yeah, we'll be right next to each other. Come check us out. Um, since the Peoria show shut down, this is going to be probably the biggest show in Illinois. I've really. always enjoyed the Elmwood Outdoor I Show. I like the Elmwood Outdoor Show because it goes back to the school. It's not going, you know. What's, it, what's the dates on that? Uh, March 3rd. March 4th. 3rd and 4th. March 3rd yep. and 4th. Yep. Apparently, I'm the only one that can remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why you're the professional, man. You can take the big, deal, big money. So, yeah, we appreciate you guys listening. Same thing as the last podcast. We got we got the same listeners coming back every week, and I just want to retell them. Thank you guys for for listening to this podcast. We we appreciate you guys more than you know. Um, I really hope we get some guys out there the outdoor show that says I listen to your podcast and I love it. And if someone comes up and says I listen to your podcast and it's stupid, <laughs> whatever, I'm gonna shake his hand and be like, "Have a great season, man!" Because we're gonna keep pumping them out. We have a blast out here when we record these things. Every podcast, I learn something. So I learned something, you know. So if people are listening, I hope they're learning something too. Because that's the ultimate goal with us is to let you guys know that normal guys can, can get it done out there in the woods, you know. So, so homie, you got anything? Uh, nope. I mean, you pretty much bundled up all I got to say right there. I just want to shout out, uh, don't forget to look up Chris's taxidermy on Ingram's Outdoor Obsessions on Facebook. Uh, go ahead and follow him there and, uh, you know, hit us up at the Elmwood Show. Yeah, we uh, we have been sharing some work, uh, some buck mounts he did, and some turkey fans that he did. And if I shoot a turkey this spring, I'm probably gonna do one of those fans, dude. I like that a lot. Oh, yeah. I'm taking the full bird. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're gonna break him in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that fan, dude. I I just never really had a big drive to do a full mount bird, but that fan with the spurs hanging on the leather like that and that portrait. I really, I really like that. So that was a fun one for me. That was for a kid's first turkey. I think he was eight, ten years old. So wow, that was cool. a fun one. That's, that, man, you get to hear all the good hunting stories oh, too. That's man. that's the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, don't forget, we're gonna be up at Nowhere. Yeah. On February twenty third, winning the jerky cookoff, wild game feed. Not sure what I'm gonna take to that. I might take some Ita- Italian deer, like Italian beef, but Italian deer to it. I got a real good recipe for that. Take that up there. It's just like a bring food and share dish, you know. And uh, hey, you bring the deer, I'll buy the beer. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be good. Uh, I'm ready to try your. And... I'm ready to try your deer too. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deer, yeah. Cody, Cody's making deer too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> people were doing that. They were talking it, man. Like, you know, like the like the stuff you buy from the gas station. You know, the the <laughs> snuff chew. Snuff chew. <laughs> you talking? <laughs> but the the flavor saver. So I'll be winning that. Anybody wants to challenge me out there? <laughs> Hell yeah. Just calling that out. White Lakes Podcast, number one jerky cooker offer in, in Victoria, Illinois. So uh, we're going to end it on that. 
We love you guys. We appreciate you for listening. Uh, we hope you guys learned something on this podcast, and we hope you come back next week because guess what? We're going to be sending it whether you're here or not. <laughs> Keep hitting that play button. All right, guys, we are back, man. We, we were going to wrap this podcast up, but we decided to come back with some amazing news. So we've been sitting here with Chris, Ingram's Outdoor Obsession, for about an hour and a half just talking deer hunting. He's been showing us stuff on his page, man, just blowing me away with with deer mounts and turkey mounts and some of the tanning skills he's got. And he's been talking about a sponsorship. So we'd like to welcome Ingram Outdoor Obsession to the first real sponsorship for Whitetail Legacy Podcast. This is a major milestone moment. You got anything to say, Ryan, for this? I'm jacked up because I got jacked, a lot dude. of stuff. I'm bring back, <laughs> man. I can't believe I can't believe this. I've been friends with him for a while and uh we're humbled at this this opportunity, and uh, he has also come up with a giveaway for this great monumental moment in podcast history. So I need like a drum roll beat in the background. For I was this. Like, I this don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the best. All right, I got. so if you like Ingram's Outdoor Obsession, like Whitetail Legacy Podcast Facebook, and share both page. He is going to give away a European mount, fresh, clean European mount. Could be white European mount, restained, or fresh when you shot this year. I'm, we're talking, we're talking, this is a big giveaway, man. We're talking. This is Beatles. Yeah, beetle a, beetle, a beetle degreaser, top quality, I mean, probably a $100 cash value giveaway, you know what I mean? And plus, you get it from the best, best taxidermist around, and... You get it from the Whitetail Legacy podcast crew. I mean, it's just like a double win on the on the Richter scale. It's like a nine point eight, <laughs> right? Richter scale nine point eight. About to have an earthquake in here of excitement. So we're gonna we're gonna share some some euros he's done on the Whitetail Legacy page, and it's just no competition. No, I mean these beetles are dedicated. Yeah, no one's got beetles, and he's got some hardworking beetles. So. Shout out to them Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Beatles in this one. So, anyways, yeah. we appreciate you guys listening still. Um, like his page. We're gonna be sharing a lot of the stuff. Um, like I said, we're uh, we're pumped. We're we're blessed to have this come on to us, and uh, this is gonna be a a great adventure to see where our businesses go and and how we flourish. So he is gonna be at the Enwood Outdoor Show with us. And uh, he's got the booth right beside us. Like, this is made to be, man. The, the Our sponsor's right beside us, so it can't get any better than that. So he's going to be floating you down to our table, and we're going to be floating him down to your to his table. So we we love you guys, and we wanted to we tell you that before we, we left out. Chris, you got anything to say? I'm just real excited to work with you guys and, and move forward in our adventures and see where it takes us. I know, dude. We're, we're more than happy to do it. This is crazy. And... Uh, we appreciate you a lot for doing it, man. I was saying this last hour that we've been talking to him, I've I've had a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of emotions, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of dreams, stuff that I want to take to him. But I think in the next month and a half, I can get it done. You know, I was talking about taking a coyote to him, talking about taking a couple of pheasants, yeah, maybe a squirrel or two. So it's gonna be just, sweet. Just a couple. Couple things that I think our Facebook I can get it page done. is about to blow up with mounts. So if any of you guys like like taxidermists, it's it's about to get real. And like I said, I've been 
I've been using him, and he's, he's done a phenomenal job on the buck that I took to him. So I couldn't be happier with, with him coming on to the Whitetail Legacy podcast family, man. I'm saying whenever we got whenever we share something from his page, be sure to pay attention to the detail because yeah. it's there. It's there, and uh, you know what? I'll tell you this: we're the we're the working class uh, podcast. Like I say, we 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 try to go for the normal hunting guy, and uh, I I believe you're the working class taxidermist yeah, man. Absolutely, yeah. we got the best quality <laughs> and the cheapest prices around. I mean. A lot of people say, you know, look out for the prices because you're not getting good quality. But in your case, that's not even close. But you just, you know that, you know, you know that you're you're doing it part time and you're you're still making a little bit of money and you can give that guy an awesome product. So mm-hmm. we're gonna Absolutely. we're gonna hashtag working class taxidermist right right here Ingram's Outdoor Obsession. So thanks guys for listening again. We could not not tell you guys this podcast. We're thinking about doing it the next one, but we were too pumped. So. We're going to finally wrap this up. We're not coming back again. (laughs) I promise. So uh, thank you, guys. We're out. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king. But who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver. Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV.